We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Just like that, the clouds have thickened up here in the northern suburbs of the Twin Cities. But uh, still, not bad while the sun was out. Very enjoyable earlier today. Right now, we're going to go outdoors. Steve Carney joins us. SteveCarneyOutdoors.com. Steve, how you been this week? Uh, pretty good, Steve. I'm very happy today. We actually have 20 degrees, which is... Uh quite a change from this past week it's uh, been a tough winter it's uh you know looking better though next week looks really good i think things are going to moderate that usually means fishing gets all you know better and better when we start getting into the 20s and 30s and if you can get three four days of that in a row they'll be biting no problem yeah and it's been i i, I saw the numbers here for the cities anyway uh the coldest january in eight years and and I think I that takes it. us back uh, to the polar vortex. It was a tough January, but uh, things are going to moderate this week. Uh, t- temps are going to be uh, trending up uh, for sure, and that is good. Yep, I'm heading up to Lake of the Woods, Steve, in the next day or two, up to uh, Borderview Lodge in Lake of the Woods. There's a pretty good bite going on up there right now. And right now it's kind of all about the saugers. We uh, do a lot of fishing out in that 28 to 32 feet out in the mud out there, five or six miles out. It's kind of all about the action. You know, you get a walleye here and there, but that is really a good destination at this time of the year. We're all kind of weary of, you know, dragging our equipment and snowmobiles and, you know, drilling holes. And it's going to be kind of nice to go up there and be weighted on. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. And just kind of relax, catch some fish, and I think it's going to be great. I'm a little worried about the roads. So they got some pretty good snow up there today, and this whole northwestern part of Minnesota right now has you know, got a lot of snow issues. So we'll have to see, but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be kind of like a semi-vacation, if you can believe that, and I'm not bringing my auger. I'm not drilling one hole. I'm just going yeah, to show up. Yeah, you're just going to show up and, and fish, and, and that's great. You hear so many great things about Lake of the Woods, how consistent it is. It's a long haul for all the folks that live in the cities. 
but but you hear over and over it's well worth it because the ro- resorts do a great job. Uh, the plowed roads, the access, I, it, it's just got a lot going for it. And uh, the, the season's a little longer up there. Yeah, you know, they really got it figured out up there, Steve. All the resorts up there kind of work together. They have, you know, plowed roads that they share, and they share fishing information, and they really got a good thing going up there. And, you know, a lot of people right now are very frustrated getting their regular wheelhouses out on on lakes because there's no plowed roads, there's tons of snow, uh, slush issues, but, you know, people are really flocking to Red Lake and Lake of the Woods because of the plowed roads and the easy access. So for those that are frustrated, it's really a great, you know, destination right now. And, and the fishing really keeps going into February you know, things tend to slow down, you know, in Minnesota, you know, at this time of the year, as always. But up there, um, you get out on those sauger spots out there, and you catch fish all day long. And it's kind of neat to get out in the morning. You don't have to get up early. It's great. They start biting about 8 o'clock, and they're usually done by 4, 4.30 in the afternoon, and you zip back in before dark. So it's very convenient. Um, it's really a great destination for families with kids that, you know, don't have all the equipment. And it's just, you know, it's all about the fishing, and that's what's kind of cool about it. So that'll be going until probably the second week of April, so there's plenty of time. Yeah, for for sure, and a great destination in the summer as well. Wouldn't you agree that, you know, pretty consistent Lake of the Woods, that it's reliable? Yeah, it is, Steve. It's also very dangerous, and that's the one thing about Lake of the Woods is you really have to have a very large boat to handle it. Uh, most of the resorts come out of the Rainy River, and they shoot up into the gap, and then you've got the main lake, and that is not the type of lake to be out in a 16-foot boat. And yeah. when I go up there, I always make sure I have somebody with me, another boat, just in case you have motor trouble, because that's big water, and it's very dangerous water. And in the summer, when you get a northwest wind, you know, coming out of that direction, it's blowing right into the gap where you enter into the main part of Lake of the Woods. So you just have to be very careful and make sure you got a boat that can handle it. Um, on the flip side, you can also duck into Rainy River, and you can get some fish in there all year. It's not quite as good as the main basin, but you really have to be very careful up there because that's, you know, some pretty dangerous stuff up there. But, again, the fishing is is lights out. I mean, I would rate Lake of the Woods right up there with Devil's Lake um, all day long is probably one of the, you know, prime fisheries. But again, it's about common sense, playing the wind and, you know, just being very careful in the summer. All right, Steve, uh, you're headed for Lake of the Woods. Uh, Any plans beyond that? Are you just going to wait and see? Um, not sure, Steve. I'm going to chase a few coyotes here as we're into February. This is really prime time, but I'm going to get up to Lake of the Woods, check it out, do a little fishing up there, and then, you know, probably switch over to the panfish, the crappies and bluegills now as you get into late February, you know, really turn on when, you know, we get that black ice. And and we're also thinking Missouri River next month. That'll be starting hopefully in the middle of March, and that'll be the first time out on the Missouri River. So trying to get my boat rigged and, you know, a lot of things going on. So I'm really happy that the weather is moderating this next week. We need 20s and 30s really bad and I think it's going to help, you know, overall for everybody in the outdoors. So looking forward to it. I'm really glad to see it. All right, Steve, enjoy the trip, and uh, we look forward to a report in a week. Absolutely, Steve. You have a great weekend. All right, there he is, Steve Carney. Steve Carney Outdoors each and every Saturday this time of year. 
following the news and weather at 4 o'clock. And then, of course, as uh, we move into the summer months and Twins baseball, uh, sports schedules permitting here on News Talk E3OWCCO. Coming up on 4.15, we're going to take a break. High school hockey in the spotlight. Uh, the girls' season winding down rapidly. Uh, they're set to begin section play next week. And uh, the boys' season, a couple of weeks left there. Bill Eichner, longtime head coach at Hill Murray, will join us. They beat Edina in overtime. They get the Hornets again tonight. A late start at Braemar at 8. Bill Eichner in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Final couple of weeks of the regular season. Boys' high school hockey. Yeah, the girls Headed for section play shortly, and then uh, state tournament season, the girls' tournament at the X, end of February. The boys' tournament, as always, early February in St. Paul. And the head coach of the number two-ranked Hillmary Pioneers, Bill Leichner, joins us on the air. Bill, good to visit with you again. How you been? Good. How you doing, Steve? Yeah, good. Uh, here we are. <laughs> Boom, a couple of weeks to go in the regular season. Your team's playing well. Well, yeah, we're, we've been fortunate. You know, there's a lot of good teams out there, and we've had a lot of good competition, but we've been, uh, yeah, it's been fortunate to do well so far. Yeah, in the uh, whale of a game at Aldridge last night, I've had a chance to call a couple of Hillmary games over at, at Aldridge on Prep Spotlight. It, it's it's one of my favorite venues in, in the metro area, and I'm sure it was rocking with Edina uh, in the building last night, and your team pulling out a 4-3 win in overtime. Right. Yeah. I never, honestly, never looked up and I glanced once and it was, it was kind of like the old days. The place was pretty packed. I think there was, you know, two or 2,500 people, somebody said. And yeah, it was a great atmosphere, great game. Um, we we're fortunate to tie it up late and then win in overtime. But, you know, he died as well coached and a great program. So it's a fun rivalry. Yeah, in a unique back-to-back, you, you get them at home at Aldrich on a Friday night. You go to their place tonight. That that is unique. Did did you work that out with, with uh, Kurt Giles yeah. and set it up? Yeah, yeah. Kurt, it's no secret. Kurt Giles and I, you know, we've been kind of buds for doing this for a long time. So yeah. uh, we just came up with it about four or five years ago because you're, you're always looking for spots to you know fit it into your conference and get all the non-conference you need. So in order to do that, we're kind of looking. It's like, okay, when we like playing each other twice, you know, home and away. And we said, you know what, let's try Friday, Saturday. And, and so we've done it about four years where it's Friday at Aldous, Saturday at Braemar. And those are the two games for the week. And it's kind of like a, you know, college atmosphere type program. And it's kind of cool. I think yeah, people it, like it too. Yeah, in, in no doubt the, the fans will turn out at Braemar tonight as well. Another great crowd expected there. Uh, invite people to get early, get there early. Puck drops at 8 o'clock. But the the thing is, it also gets you ready for what the ultimate goal is, and that is to get to St. Paul where, you know, hopefully you're right. playing three in a row. Right. Yeah. And some people think we're a little crazy, but when we set up our schedule, you know, we like we try and play the best of the best wherever you can, um, you know, to be battle-tested and, you know, be on the road for big games and be at home for big games and all different styles of teams, you know, the big, strong, physical and the fast and flying and you know, try and accommodate that, that schedule. And so, you know, it, you can uh, die by that sword or you can survive by that sword. So it's been, uh, you know, pretty positive for the most part this year. Bill Leichner joins us, Hill Murray Boys Hockey Coach. Uh, your year started out, uh, you, you get beat, you, you win one, you lose another one. That's Benilde, Eden Prairie, and Hermantown. Were there any concerns three games in that, you know, 
it, it, it could be a tough year for the Pioneers, or did you see something right out of the gate where this is going to be a, a good um, team? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's not excuses. It was just kind of facts. We had, uh, you know, normally on a varsity you have 12 forwards and six defensemen and two goalies. And we went into the first three games with eight forwards and four defensemen and our goalies. Uh, from We had some injuries from fall sports and, and uh, you know, a sickness and then some other uh, a discipline issue. So uh, we were a little bit thin, but that, that's not, not knocking at all. The Nild's very good and Hermantown was good. But we knew we were going to have the first three games were going to be uh, a little bit shorthanded from our normal varsity team. But, you know, then we we're fortunate to get everybody back and start getting things a little little improved. Uh, let's let's start on the back end in the goaltending. It lo- looks like you have a couple of guys that split time this year. Yeah. Um, well, we um, we we're, our backup goalie is now our starter. To be blunt, yeah. um, our starting goalie um, is not with us. So, and okay. then uh, on the defense, we have uh, Leo Gruba and Axel Begley who've been with us for uh, four years varsity, and so they're our captains, they're our leaders, they're rock solid. They're you know, in reality, there'll be Division One players down the road. We're glad they're seniors with us this year. Uh, yeah, and, and then we have the fill-in from some youngsters that are doing really well. Um, so, yeah, but the defensive core has been around with us. And, uh, the, yeah, they're solid on the back end. And then our yeah, forwards it, are led by Dylan Godbout, who's a senior captain who's uh, uh, verbally committed to Wisconsin. And then, you know, we have a lot of guys around him as well. You know, some seniors that I played in this, you know, when we won the championship in 2020, uh, we got some guys out there like Nate Hardy and, and uh, some of those guys that were with us at that when as sophomores. And so that experience helps, you know, the depth of the forwards. Yeah, you, you bring up Dylan Godbout uh, averaging over two points a game. That, that's pretty good. That, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. Uh, you know, and, but he is unselfish and he'll move the puck and he'll be a teammate. So, and, you know, he'll work hard. Um, he's very, very tough to uh, to play against, and he's very dedicated to the game. So, you know, his dad played here, and so he's second generation of a very quality family. Yeah, and, and Bill, you've had an opportunity to, to coach a lot of good players over the years, and I know you, you don't want to compare, but but he, he, he's got to be in in that elite group over the years. Yep, yeah, he's, yeah, and you're right. You know me well enough. I do not like to put names out there yep. and compare because in the text light up, it's like, Coach, didn't you like? I thought you said I was really good. So, uh, yeah, they're all good, they're all, and they're all really good golfers too. And take your money in the summer, but that's another story. Um, uh, yeah, you know, Dylan's. Yeah, he's a he's a top player. But we have other we have support mechanisms around him too. You know, support forwards. There's a lot of good guys that are uh, competing and helping. You know, you don't win. Uh, you don't do well with just a few guys. You better have you better have a village. Yeah, and when you look at the schedule, and I know it was a big relief, whether it's the top girls' programs or the top boys' programs, to be able to get into a situation again where not only you're playing conference, but you're able to build a really good non-conference schedule and and really find out where you're at. You alluded to that, being able to play Dinah back-to-back here at the end of the season. You, you still got Maple Grove coming up at home. you got a trip up to Moorhead to play the Spuds at the end right. of the season. I mean, really right. challenging the kids is what they look for in a season. Yeah. Yep, you're so right, Steve. I mean, and then about a week ago, we traveled to Grand Rapids, who's a really quality club. And then, you know, a couple of days later, we got to travel on a school night over to Minnetonka, who will battle you, so... Yeah, these kids have been through a lot, and uh, we really uh, admire that they're 
their work ethic and their, you know, sense the dedication to the game and to be student athletes as well. Because you know they got to behave and get good grades. So it's the whole package. Yeah, and uh, I I look at you know the 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 quality of play and it, it is tremendous the skill level that that you see night in and night out in the players and how hard they work at, at their game. It, it's, it's just extraordinary. It is. Um, last night we honored, on what you're talking about, we honored the 1972, uh, it was a state tournament team for Hill, so those guys were here. And then I met with them after. And long story short, they're like, you know, they're sitting there going, I don't think I would have made the team in 2022, you know, because the guys are bigger, stronger, quicker, better skaters. But, you know, the, I think... There's something to be said, though, on the older generations or the past. Uh, there's a lot of really good hockey players that get the game, you know. So I think the, the challenge in the uh, modern world is to get the kids to, to understand the game of hockey and not just be cone players, you know, because when we all grew up, you had to go to the playground and figure it out, you know. So it's a little different that way. Yeah, when, when I look at the rankings, whether it's the top 10 or the top 15, uh, once again, it, it is all about, that that section tournament and getting over the hump and winning that section final and getting an opportunity to to go to St. Paul it, it is it is so deep this year you know you you can look at 10 12 teams that could win it all it's very true um i think there's a lot of parity and quality teams may be a little different you know some may have strong offensive and maybe a, you know a little less on the back end and then vice versa so uh, you know, I, I don't believe respectfully to all of us that everybody's set perfectly with all 20 guys on their team. Um, there's some moments of something, but, uh, yeah, I think it's strong parity. It'll, you know, it's going to be like we've seen through the years, who hits the pipe and who puts it inside the pipe and, you know, who makes the big save or makes the nice play. It's going to come, yeah, I don't know if you could pick a, a champion quite yet. Well, it should be a fun night tonight at Braemar, Hill-Murray at Edina. Night number two of that, they go to overtime at Aldrich. Hill-Murray wins it 4-3 to three in OT. Bill, always good to visit with you once again. Uh, good luck tonight, and uh, hopefully we can visit again down the road. Appreciate it. Sounds good. Yeah, you guys take care. Stay warm. All right. There he is, Bill Leichner, joining us. Longtime Hill-Murray Pioneers head coach. And the rankings right now, Creighton-Durham Hall number one, Hill-Murray two, Benilde St. Margaret's three. Ken Polly joined me last night on Sports to the Max. Uh, Andover sits number four. Mark Manny doing a great job up at Andover. They have the number one girls team and the number four boys team in the state of Minnesota. Wyzetta five. Maple Grove six. Roseau seven. Morehead Spuds eight. Lakeville South nine. Rogers in the ten spot. But as I pointed out, uh, you don't see Dinah there. They've got a shot. The list goes on and on. It is a very deep field, and ultimately anybody, uh, I, I think you get into that tournament, uh, you certainly have a shot. Over in 1A, Hermantown number one, War Road two, Matamidi three, then it's Delano. Minneapolis has a good club this year. I, I was scheduled to see them play at Osio, and they weren't able to play due to weather. Uh, it was cold. What a surprise, and windy. Uh, Fergus Falls 6, Alexandria 7, Little Falls 8, Detroit Lakes 9, and Duluth-Denfeld 10. The girls' season winding down rapidly. A quick note on the girls' season. And I I mentioned the Andover Huskies. They're unbeaten number one 
They finish a regular season with a win over Wyzetta at home on Thursday night, 23-0. and They were in the latest rankings, and I think they jumped that to 24-0, and and they did with a 6-1 victory over Wyzetta. So uh, Andover, uh, they, they've taken down number two Edina, number three Minnetonka. Uh, they, they've, they've beaten everybody they played this year. But uh, this is also going to be a great tournament. And the last two years, it's been Andover and Edina for the 2A championship. Andover winning it two years ago, Edina winning it last year. Minnetonka could jump into that fray uh, this year. But uh, right now, Andover the team to beat in girls hockey. And then uh, over in 1A, World number one, Orono two, Proctor, Hermantown three, then Holy Angels and Simley round out the top five in 1A. A quick break. We'll have the weather in a moment here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. And you could talk Vikings 365 days a year. Well, they cover the Vikings 365 days a year on Purple Insider. Matthew Collar will join us. They have a general manager, Adolfo Mensa. They have a head coach in Kevin O'Connell. He won't come to town, though, until after the Super Bowl. He has business to take care of with the Rams in the Super Bowl a week from tomorrow. And then ultimately, what are they going to do about a lineup and a team on both sides of the ball that has a lot of holes, Kirk Cousins and some of the other veterans? We'll get into that with Matthew Collar in a moment here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. Quite a week for the Vikings, Viking fans, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan fans, you name it. But uh, the dust has settled. The Vikings have a general manager and a head coach. The head coach won't uh, get to work on uh, the future of the Purple until after the Super Bowl. He's got business to take care of with the Rams to get into all of that. And what the future holds, Matthew Collar from Purple Insider. Uh, Matthew, quite a week. <laughs> Yeah, you could say that. I mean, I think I was uh, pretty much doing what everybody else was doing, which was refreshing Twitter over and over, waiting for an answer on what was going on with Jim Harbaugh. I mean, throughout the week, um, it had sounded like Jim Harbaugh was not going to come to the Vikings, that they were just more of doing a courtesy type of interview. And then all the reporting out of Michigan started to make it sound like it was a sure thing that Harbaugh would become the next head coach. And here we are, like you said, when the dust settles, They ended up in the place that I think they expected to be when they started this whole thing. When they uh, let go Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, I think the expectation was that they would find an offensive-minded coach with a little different demeanor than Mike Zimmer to work with Kwesi Adapalmenta and build the team back up together, right? Maybe find their next quarterback or decide together what they want to do with the quarterback and then put in a more modern-minded offense than Mike Zimmer had And they end up with Kevin O'Connell, who kind of checks all of those boxes. So even though we took, as always with the Vikings, the roundabout, weird, dramatic way there, uh, I think they landed in a place where everyone should be happy with with how they got here. But yet, um, I still think some fans really wanted Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, and Mitch Album of the uh, Detroit Free Press did a piece, got an opportunity to talk to Jim Harbaugh after all of this. And... I talked about this a little bit last night, sitting in for Mike Max, and I know you were on with Henry Lake, but I came away from that 
piece in the Detroit Free Press, and I invite people to, to read it when they get an opportunity, is that at least Jim Harbaugh, from the Michigan perspective, was pretty upfront. They didn't sneak off to the UP and have a meeting with the Wilfs, that he was pretty upfront with everyone that he was going to do, that he was going to listen. So I came away from that not liking Jim Harbaugh anymore, but at least having respect that uh, he was pretty upfront about it. And it sure sounds like he came in here expecting to get the gig. Yeah, that was my takeaway as well, is that it felt like Jim Harbaugh thought that he was coming here to sign a contract, not yep. do an interview. And, you know, I think that was really reflected in the reporting that came from Michigan, which, by the way, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, the Wolves weren't that happy with all the details kind of coming out from his side from a couple of different Michigan reporters. Um, but, you know, it, that was what was so hard to figure out from our perspective here was Adam Schefter was not saying, oh, well, guys, this is happening. Ian Rappaport, like those, those uh, NFL reporters who are the most dialed in to teams and agents were not, like, you know, yelling at the top of their lungs that this was going to happen, and yet everyone from Michigan was. So it was like, who do we really believe here? And I think that was reflected in what actually happened, which was Harbaugh showed up. He did the interview. They said, thanks for coming, but we're going to go with somebody else. And I think he was probably very surprised. I mean, I, I am a little bit too that they would even like entertain this knowing that the storm of attention it creates. I mean, it becomes a major headline on ESPN NFL network. Um, you know, the fans get excited for somebody who's got a celebrity name like Jim Harbaugh. I personally did not see it as a fit. I mean, not with the timeline that this team should have for rebuilding the, the roster, uh, not for what they want to do at quarterback necessarily, and not for the collaboration idea, which was uh, really talked about at great length in Quasi Adolfo Mensa's introductory press conference. Um, you know, when you bring in Jim Harbaugh, there is no working together with Jim Harbaugh. It's his team, and you have to do things his way. And I, I don't know if that would have been a good idea for a first-time general manager with Quasi Adolfo Mensa. And some of the reporting suggested that Quasi wanted him and the Wilfs didn't. Um, well, I, I think the Wilfs maybe saved him from himself a, a little bit there. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Matthew. I, I didn't think it was a fit even though he had a pretty good track record in San Francisco. Because if if you do bring in Jim Harbaugh, then it screams the team just needs a tweak and we feel like we can win. And you and I have talked about that, that, you know, is there this undercurrent behind the scenes with the Wolves that feel like, hey, we're not really that far away. And we have talked about, in reality, they are pretty far away. And hopefully the mindset is now is that we take a step back and we analyze all these veteran players, especially the ones with gigantic cap hits, and we don't need to name names because everyone knows who that is, and and figure out and come up with a game plan going forward. Because I think Viking fans, ultimately over the long haul, would buy into a game plan that realistically takes a look at the team and says, we got a ton of holes and we just can't do a quick fix and, and win in 2022. Right. I mean, this should actually make Vikings fans more trusting of the Wilfs direction with the fact that they went with Kevin O'Connell and not with Jim Harbaugh. Um, because as you mentioned, I mean, you know, team, this team could certainly feel like they were close in a lot of games last year that, uh, you know, they played a lot of one score games and everything, but last year doesn't really matter. I mean, it's the roster that you have going forward, which has holes all over the place. I mean, there's, Six 
different starting positions on defense that the, that they have no answer there right now. Uh, the offensive line still needs work at at least two different spots. Um, you know, there are tough decisions to be made with the salary cap, and until they trade Kirk Cousins, there's no salary cap space to work with. And, of course, that's the biggest decision right there is with Cousins. And so it feels much more like the Wilfs um, knowing that they're going to have to do a little work here. I mean, that doesn't mean you have to lose every game next year. It just means that it takes a while sometimes uh, to build a winner. I mean, the, the, think about the 2017 team that went to the NFC Championship the, the, you know, that team started being constructed when what Harrison Smith was drafted in 2012. I mean, it takes years to build up a ton of talent um, in order to be a team that competes for a Super Bowl. And I think that, you know, for Vikings fans, that's what they, that's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear, Hey, we're going to try to make the playoffs. The playoffs are the goal. It should be the Super Bowl is the goal. And, uh, you know, it's so often during this team's history, it's been, well, let's see if we make the playoffs and then get lucky. But, you know, how often has that really worked for this franchise? I mean, the answer is basically never. So, yeah, I think if they take the long-term approach to build uh, a Super Bowl team, which usually means getting cap space, getting draft capital, um, and trying to get a quarterback on a rookie contract, then you can feel like you're closer to that than you've been in a long time. Yeah, and quarterback is huge. And there's a lot of school of thought that you go into this season, you just – take the cap hit with Kirk Cousins. There's other that are saying, oh, no, absolutely, you, you got to extend Kirk Cousins and, and spread that cap hit out, or you got to cut bait and, and trade. We have absolutely no idea, ultimately, what the new brain trust is going to do at TCO Performance Center. I, it, it, it's, it's hard because a lot of people just want answers now, and we're not going to get answers right now. But we are going to get them fairly soon uh, because, you know, there's not a whole lot of time to work with here. I mean, free agency starts in the middle of March. The NFL Combine comes up at the beginning of March. Like, once Kevin O'Connell gets in here, things have to happen fast. In fact, by this date last year, Matt Stafford had already been traded to Los Angeles, and I believe it was February 18th that Carson Wentz got traded to Indianapolis. So these trades, um, even though they can't be made official until – uh, the first day of the league year, um, they usually start to happen pretty pretty fast. I mean, Detroit got right to it. Their their new people last year came right in and said, this is what we're doing. And even though, yes, we can't be 100% sure how they feel about Cousins, I mean, Quasi Adolfo Mensa is a Wall Street guy, knows the value of a dollar, right? I mean, look at how this has worked for them in four years of having a middling quarterback on the most expensive contract in the league. It just hasn't at all. I mean, one playoff appearance and they were a number six seed when they made it like that's, that is just not. And the, the funny thing about it too, is Kirk cousins has played pretty well. He's played better than he played in Washington. And yet still they couldn't build a roster good enough. I mean, that tells you how hard it is to work around one of those contracts. I cannot imagine that that fact is lost. Uh, on yeah. on these guys, I mean, especially you think about the Wilfs wanting to go the total opposite direction that of what they just had at GM and coach. Well, I mean, reset the whole thing, right? And uh, I just am watching the Senior Bowl here today with some of the quarterbacks that you know the Vikings might be interested in. I mean, there's there's high upside guys. There's first round potential draft picks here that could be there when the Vikings pick at twelve. I think that that's the much better route to take, and I would just be surprised if they decided, no, no, we're going to stick with what hasn't worked. 
Yeah, and then beyond that, and, and you and I have talked about this. You've talked about it a lot on Purple Insider and uh, the, the wildly entertaining mailbag at Purple Insider. I invite people to check that out. Um, the questions are, some of them are pretty pretty good, and, and some are just crazy, and I, I'm glad you put them on the put them on the the site for sure Matthew but I I will say this there are other decisions how much do you have of Dalvin Cook in his prime what do you do about uh, another big cap hit guy local guy Adam Thielen those are some big decisions on that side of the ball and then defensively you've already outlined there's some huge decisions and guys that have you know gigantic cap hits. Daniel Hunter, when he's healthy, has been great. He hasn't been healthy. Harrison Smith, what do you do on the back end with the safety? I mean, that's just to name a few. Right, and I think that it's a tough balance for Quasi Adolfo Mensa because he has to also keep some ro- uh, veterans on this roster. Like You can't sure. bring in a first-time head coach and give him all young players to work with. Like You need some leadership. You need some good players. Um, to guide everybody else and be the leaders of the team. So you can't just come in and trade everybody. At the same time, I mean, draft capital and salary cap space give you power in the NFL. And when you have a wide receiver who's very good still in Adam Thielen, but is set to make $17 million on the cap, you have to do something with that. Is it restructure? Um, you know, I don't know, because the last – uh, regime loved pushing money down the road, and that's why they're $13 million over the cap right now, even though they don't have a ton of talent. Like That's what it, that's what it does to you. Eventually, the bill comes. That I think there's a perception among fans that you could just wave a magic wand and all the cap space gets created, yeah. but we saw how stringent they had to be over the last couple of years because, in part, they kicked a bunch of money down the road in 2018 and 2019. So, you know, I think that it is a little bit of a line to walk. I would be surprised if they moved on from some guys, uh, Dalvin Cook, Eric Hendricks, Adam Thielen. I think there's things that, that can be done there. The Daniil Hunter decision, though, is very, very difficult. He's played seven games in two years, um, and yet in those seven games he was fantastic. And you need pass rush. And I think Quasi Adolfo Mensa knows that coming from San Francisco and Cleveland where they spent a lot on their defensive line. So there's a lot of difficult decisions to be made, and they have to be made pretty quickly. I mean, it's by the five days into the league year, they have to make a decision on Daniel Hunter. So I think we're going to get a really good view just in these next 30, 40 days of how Quasi Adolfo Mensa um, wants to build this roster. Matthew Collar joining us from Purple Insider. And one, one thing that hasn't been talked uh, about a great deal, and I always feel like at, at whatever level, uh, college football, pro football, when there is a change, a general manager leaves, particularly a head coach, th- there's a lot of turmoil for the, the coaching staff. And we, we don't have a, a great sense on what that's going to look like and uh, who he's going to bring in and the, the chance that he may hang on to some people from – uh, Mike Zimmer's staff. Any read on that and, and what kind of turnover or any holdovers? Yeah, we've already seen a couple leave. Uh, Ryan Ficken, the special teams coach, who I thought did a very good job last year, um, he is uh, going to the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, Phil Rauscher, the offensive line coach, it appears is getting hired by the Bills. So these guys, they're looking for new jobs. Andrew Janoco, their quarterback coach, is uh, uh, getting hired by the Chicago Bears. Um, so the, the two that are interesting is Andre Patterson, who's the defensive line coach and, uh, 
what is it? Oh, Keenan McCardle, the wide receiver coach. I think Keenan McCardle should probably stay. Um, if you work with Justin Jefferson well, you should be here. Um, but, yeah, you know, right. Andre Patterson, I think there are some people that want him to be the defensive coordinator. I, I think you want to go a completely different direction on defense from what has not been working recently and give somebody else the keys to build their new coaching staff. I mean, it, it's the reality of the NFL, right? Like the guys who yeah. are on a staff that gets fired, they move on, they find new jobs and you know, most of the time a new coach wants to bring in all the people he wants to bring in. There's been one report that Mike Pettin, who's the former Packers defensive coordinator, could be the Vikings defensive coordinator. That's not um, confirmed yet, but Jason Lockonfora reported that. So I'm guessing it's just going to be a lot of new faces. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like uh, the radio business, town to town, up and down the dial. You know, these coaches go. But it is a tough life. There's no doubt about it. They, You know, especially some of the position coaches, they're not getting huge money and not getting a ton of glory and, you know, uprooting families. It's, it's, it's definitely a tough life for some of these guys. Yeah, that's why when you look at the Wikipedia for a lot of these guys, they've, they've been everywhere. And that's, you know, <laughs> right. that's Kevin O'Connell, too, the guy that they're hiring. I mean, he was with Washington, and uh, things were pretty rough there. And then he goes to Los Angeles and becomes McVay's offensive coordinator, and now he's in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but, you know, that's just kind of the reality of the NFL. Yeah, well, uh, Matthew, always good to visit with you. Uh, certainly I subscribe to Purple Insider. If you follow the Vikings, uh, well worth the money. How do people do it? Yeah, uh, you can go to purpleinsider.substack.com to get on with the newsletter and get that Friday mailbag that you mentioned. Uh, or you can uh, listen to the podcast, which we put out every single day. at uh, just wherever you get your podcast, Purple Insider. All right, Matthew, one final thought. Any thoughts of doing like a mailbag Hall of Fame? <laughs> you mean <laughs> the most ridiculous questions, maybe? Yeah, uh, just, yeah, some of them are just like, some are great and some are like, okay then. Yeah, I, I got one this week about how many NFL players could fight up against the grizzly bear and win, and I don't think the answer is very many. <laughs> yeah, I, I say none. <laughs> yeah, probably I, I, not. I, 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 nine feet tall. Yeah, I, I I pick the grizzly bear every time. <laughs> All right, <laughs> take care. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, there he is, Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. Uh, and he's on with Chad during the week and Henry Lake, and he's been uh, very generous with his time uh, here on Saturdays as well. We've talked to his colleague, Sam Ekstrom. Uh, he's busy doing Tommy Hockey uh, today, nine minutes now in front of 5 o'clock here at News Talk, E3OWCCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.